Thanks for joining us on Facebook as Gordon Pennington is with me. We can kind of expand on what we just teased you with in relationship to uh, uh, Gordon's story. Gordon, uh, before we go into any more, tell me a little bit more about your professional life. Um, and I think it's it's really quite a story because uh, how God has used you even in the marketplace uh, to share the faith of Jesus with others. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Uh, my story is probably like a lot of other people in terms of um, growing up in the Midwest in a small town. I grew up in Owasso, Michigan. And uh, I, at one time I lived in Traverse City. I was married and divorced, and I had uh, a moment of epic failure where I really thought I'd lost my faith and I'd, I would have no value to the Lord, and uh, I drifted away for a decade. And during that time, I ended up on Wall Street, and I ended up on uh, 7th Avenue and Madison Avenue in New York and had a career path that allowed me to see the inner workings of some of the largest corporations in the United States and to have you know, global exposure to people and organizations and governments and to become uh, used as an advisor in a variety of circumstances, whereas working for or consulting with corporations of extraordinary influence, and there's a whole list of mm. them. I mean, I was in the, uh, the boardrooms and the, the uh, C-suites of some very, very interesting companies in broadcast media, and uh, I spent uh, time over at CBS News as a consultant, and I was uh, at MTV, and I'd been the director of marketing for Tommy Hilfiger, and I'd worked with British Airways and, and Apple Computer. and uh, That's quite a resume, but it was it was quite an experience for somebody who who needed a bounce back, and I had very little faith in myself, or self confidence, or even self worth. And so I, I I externalized that by saying if somebody else thinks I have value, then that will be the sum total of my sense of worth. And uh, it took a long time to regain any sense of of realizing that my the acceptance of God. And his grace toward me was enough to restore many things that I'd lost or just given up hope on. And, and so that in itself, my, my testimony is a reflection, again, of God's faithfulness, God's grace, God's mercy. And I came back to from a lot of uh, self-destructive behaviors, and uh, including cocaine abuse, crack cocaine abuse, alcohol abuse, just about everything I could stick in my body except the needle. I, I had an aversion mm. of needles, but other than that, I would sometimes wake up with the DTs and I'd start my day with a cup of, uh, unfortunately, a cup of coffee and espresso and a, and a shot of vodka. Mm. I was that, you know, my, my whole sense of life and meaning was that distorted, but God delivered me from that supernaturally. One day um, I woke up in my apartment in Manhattan and fell to my knees and I cried out to God with my entire being. I don't know, some people from, can probably relate to this where you've given up, oh, there's nothing left. And you cry out with your, every cell in your being is surrendered and crying out. You just feel absolutely hopeless. Like if God doesn't pick you up off the floor, mm. you're going to go down through the floor and worse. And so that was the beginning of, uh, that was almost 25 years ago. So I've been on this, you know, healing journey now it has led to a lot of very interesting places and experiences, and I've um, I've shared this with some people, but I've I've been exposed to some of the you know poorest people in the world and the poorest countries in the world and some of the richest people in the world, and somehow I ended up being in in their homes and palaces and estancias and a 
you know, and, and having dinner with Adnan Khashoggi when he was the wealthiest man in the world and having one-on-one conversations with people like David Koch or meeting Prince Charles and uh, being a guest at Windsor Castle and, and, and seeing things I would never have otherwise imagined ever seeing or experiencing and, uh, you, know, you know, parting with, you know, rock stars and movie stars and having them confide in me. And I think they probably sensed my own vulnerability or loneliness. I didn't really... I didn't feel like a sycophantic fan and I didn't really want anything from them. I was just fascinated by the encounters and experiences. Mm, but wow. I think sensing that people felt the comfort uh, of disclosing things to me that, that really shocked me and, and endeared me in a way to, to people's vulnerability, no matter where they are, the, the, the poorest of the poor, the richest of the rich, I'd have people share things, whether it was on their yachts or private jets or palaces and estancias and, castles it's just everybody's alike we're all mortal we're all wondering what is mm-hmm. what 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 comes at the end of this this mortal coil and what's over the next horizon and so sharing that very that commonality of human experience uh i i felt like god in his grace allowed me to see these things and and then do what with it yeah because i was just it was all sort of re- re- reposited in my soul but i didn't really feel i had much value either my confidence was very mm. low i wasn't really sharing my faith with a lot of people I, I would try to give people hope but i felt so hopeless myself at times that that it was just part of this arc of journey if anybody's listening now that, that feels like they've really been downcast and hopeless and frustrated, marginalized and felt empty. I, I, I can relate to that. I felt and like I'd lost everything. Your your testimony uh, basically says, look, no matter what you do, what you achieve to do and what you strive and uh, aspire to do, uh, ultimately you find that if it's it's not rooted in God and you know that that's your your uh, your calling, then there's not, you know, I mean, you got you got to. You, the, 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 there's some the shifting sand in things uh, with that. I'm sure that your your faith in Christ has brought you to a, a better understanding and also allowed God to penetrate your heart uh, just recently. And uh, so in, in tying all that together, uh, now that you have been able to share your faith in, in, in more ways, in miraculous ways than you ever thought, the, the connection between your uh, your background, your history, um, has caused you to be a lot more bolder. I would presume. Uh, absolutely, Pete. I think you know, faith is a muscle, and it grows with exercise. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I think as you hear the word, and then it, it, if you don't act on it, like I say, I, I think faith is a, is a is is a muscle that atrophies with disuse. You can yeah. you can feed on the word, but if you don't go out and exercise your faith. And, and, and who, who can say to exercise it enough? I mean, I'm, I'm still growing in this. I mean, I'm talking to you like a first grader, you know, filled with wonder and, and hope and a sense of the possibilities that I hadn't fully entertained or embraced. Mm. I'm still embracing, but I think God wants to use each one of us in the unique ways that he's gifted us and construed us and, and, and even faith us through our own struggles and, and, and failures and suffering and, and, and reconstituting mm-hmm. us. So, so we all we're, have we're all different. Yeah. We all have hope in that, right? We, if we have Jesus as Lord in our life, we have that potential. And, and uh, so with, with all that background, with all that history in you, you, you had a kind of a, a, a profound enlightenment, so to speak. And when you were reading this simple little 
our Daily Bread devotional. And so tell me more about that experience. Well, Pete, it, it, again, we said this before, but how many times have you read a passage of Scripture and it was truth and it, and it resided in you in some way, but it was more like Lagos than Rhema, and then suddenly something comes alive and it's fresh. It's, like, it's as if the words jump off a page mm-hmm. and speak to you so, so completely you feel, you feel changed by them, you feel enlivened by them. His Word is life. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. And and these words brought me life from Second Corinthians two fourteen when when Paul talks about leading us in tribal. You have to go back again to the first century and appreciate what the, the greatest visual spectacle of the first century Hellenistic world of the the Romans it, it was to see uh, a, a Roman triumph with a general and his chariot and the spoils of war and the slaves that have been left captive. But here Paul is saying Christ leads us in trying setting captives free. Mm-hmm. And so something about that freedom, then the idea that we carry the fragrance of Christ, that we, that, that, that we, we spread this knowledge of him, this, this beautiful aroma to those that are being saved. It's the, it's the fragrance of life to those that are perishing. It's a mm-hmm. reminder that, that, that they're in, in a mortal death spiral. So that so, that uh, picture that you're painting right now came from the words of that particular devotional? It did, because yeah. the author had put it in the context, <laughs> oddly enough, and it may seem superficial in one way, but it really spoke to me. He talked about coffee as the fragrance aroma that awakens something, and if you, if you, you know, it could be bread, cookies, it could be a lot of fragrance, it could be a certain perfume, but uh, something awakens Again, as a sense memory of remembrance, uh, the olfactory senses are the strongest, I'm told, mm-hmm. by those who've done this kind of research. So you have a strong sense. So if, if we bear the fragrance of life in Christ, what are we doing with it? How do we carry it? How do we present ourselves? What, what confidence do we have that it's Christ, the fragrance mm-hmm. of Christ in us? And getting past our self-consciousness to be, you know, have a Christ consciousness that he's yearning for people. He's loving people through us. And that's what began to awaken in me, Pete. You know, it just seems so interesting because um, in our previous conversation with you, I I had said something about the recent uh, increase in revivals around uh, the world, uh, specifically here in the United States. I mean, it started with uh, Asbury College uh, a year and a half, a year and a half ago. And then it just spread all over oh, the country. Not, not, not even in a year and a half. Pete, yeah. This is how quickly my mem- happened. That, that was February. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, my memory's bad. But I remember it all coming out, and then it seemed like one more revival showed up, uh, one run after another, and then it spread overseas. And then, I mean, it's just amazing. It seems like God is working, and I'm going to be brave to say this, but uh, I believe that uh, we are in the end you know, close to the end times, if not already. And, and and could it be, could it be that the dispensation of God just coming down on people and, and uh, seeing God work in re- just remarkable ways and, and with ordinary people, people that maybe not even uh, were that spiritual before, maybe just had a very distant relationship with God, but these people are coming back to him. And it sounds to me, Gordon, that, that experience in, in uh, reading that little devotional uh, was more or less just kind of like the spirit came down and, and, and empowered you and, and, and gave you a vision of, of being a, a light and a fragrance of Jesus to people that you meet. 
That's absolutely right. And and to your point that, you know, we, we don't know the day or the hour, but we certainly know the times and the seasons. You could discuss eschatology and anybody who's paying attention to it is going to agree that the signs of the times point to something extraordinary. And I, my concern, you know, for my, in my own life. And, and, and when I look around me is, are we acting as those who are, about, even if it weren't the, the, the time and season we think we are, we're all headed toward a, a mortal terminus point. Mm-hmm. And people are living with questions they have not resolved or even fully entertained and engaged in. And I think we can help them without being condescending, without being judgmental, without being seeming just like, like we're re- religiously repugnant somehow, like we have all the answers or we're somehow perfect. We're not. We're we're in the process of, of restoration and redemption, but along the way, don't we want to fill the lifeboats? Don't mm-hmm. we want to invite everybody, everybody, your worst enemy, you wouldn't want them to face a, a, an eternal hell and separation from the love there and embrace their creator. So all these things are just churning inside me more than ever before. Right. And I'm, I'm asking, I feel a, a compassion. I've, I've always liked people. I've always been socially gregarious, but I've never felt this, uh, what a friend of mine called the burden of the Lord, like I feel in these days. So it, it, with that being said, I know that you've, you've said somewhere in the area of a hundred people that you over a hundred now, yeah, Just it, over a hundred that you've been able to share the gospel with. Uh, and, and so do you feel this unction, this com, com, uh, compelling, uh, thing within you to to talk to these people. Um, how does maybe give me an example of one person that you were able to connect with, and 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 another thing too is it always in a coffee shop? <laughs> no, well, no. Thanks for asking. The first several <laughs> encounters were in coffee shops. I just thought, well, that's is this the magic mojo somehow? And and of course, it's just that's where I would stop and pause. And and what I realized, Pete, is. Very often, you know, I'm like other people. I'm busy. I've got my own uh, agenda and interests and activities, and I wasn't always leaving room or making margin for what the, the compassion of Christ and the Spirit of God wanted to do. And I'd feel this, as you say, an unction. I'd feel this leading to go up to strangers. I thought, am I losing my mind, or is this the Lord? I said, well, I may as well test it. I'd, I'd test it in some kind of you know, what I felt was a reasonably safe way. And I would go up, I'd, I'd gone up to strangers and said, listen, I don't know if you're a person of uh, philosophy or if I didn't close any, disclose anything about my own right. religious conviction, or I didn't talk about the you know, church, the, the Bible, you know, Jesus, religion, Christianity, nothing. I would just ask people. And I, I continue to do this to probe and say, how are you navigating the complexity of life? Do you have a map? or a compass, and what does that look like? And, mm. and, and I, I did it with an honest sense of inquiry to say, what would they have to say? And and I'd find myself probing with, with and just allowing people, giving them the space to answer that question. And very soon, I found repeatedly, people will tell you things if they, if they sense you're in earnest, and you're not in a hurry, and you're not pursuing your own agenda, or trying to sell them something, for heaven's sake, but share something of great value, and I found myself thinking, if if we're in a cancer ward and you're the only person you've discovered the cure to cancer, how would you not share that mm-hmm. joyously 
with, with, it, and with passion. Him. I mean, yeah. with passion. Yeah. And we're, right. we're living in a spiritual cancer ward in this world. Yeah. So uh, you, you've met these people and, and, uh, and let me ask you this. Not, not every one of them was in a coffee shop, but you're saying that this, the coffee shop kind of atmosphere uh, seems to be very conducive uh, to be able to, to uh, entertain conversation with other people. Anywhere you can start a conversation is a good enough place. I mean, yeah. Jesus did it with the woman at the well because they were reposed in a circumstance that allowed conversation. Yeah. They were alone, apparently. And you think about places where you can get alone with people for a moment. It might be a coffee shop. It's happened now. Since you asked, Pete, it's happened in airports. It's happened mm-hmm. in street corners. It's happened in hotel lobbies. It's happened in back alleys with people who were just coming off drug addiction. It's happened in in, in shops and and convenience stores. It's happened at gas stations. It's happened uh, on on airplanes. It's happened in 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 mid flight. It's happened in the cockpit of airplanes with with professional pilots. It's 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 happened in in homes, and in in parks. And it's happened almost anywhere you're yeah. going to encounter. At least for me, I, I'm just encountering people where they are and sensing a moment of opportunity and vulnerability. Sometimes it happens very quickly, Pete. It's yeah. happened in minutes, and sometimes it'll be an hour-long conversation or more. Do you feel the the Holy Spirit working when you have a, an encounter like that? Do you feel it even prior to when you have an encounter with someone? Dude, I feel it in the most unexpected ways. I realize I am often so filled with my own thoughts. I am just learning and growing and, and seeking to make more room for his thoughts, for this, for, for what I think the spirit of God, there's a, there's that inner voice. There's that still small voice. There's that inner narrator of our conscience, of our, of our soul, the connection of our soul and spirit. And, uh, I, I don't get it perfectly, but I am learning that God is speaking to us far more than we're listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you are an example of someone who just, uh, completely laid down uh, their their uh, uh, aversion, so to speak, of being able to talk to somebody and be able to communicate, and all that with the very, very real, uh, real presence of the Holy Spirit when you work. Now, you're, you would claim probably to be someone that's an ordinary person uh, with uh, the ups and downs of life, the, the maladies and the, and the, the benefits of who you are, you are being used of God and you have a story to tell it. And, and that, that story can be our story, anybody's story who's listening right now. And you're actually going to be able to give some pointers. Okay. People maybe share your story and actually give people ideas of how to be a better evangelist. Um, and you say, oh, you don't want to use that term because it seems like someone who's thumping a Bible at a pulpit. We're all evangelists as Christians. And uh, right. so you're going to give some pointers coming up on Sunday at uh, the Grand Traverse House of Prayer right there at the corner of uh, South Airport and Garfield in Traverse City. And it's going to be taking place from 6 to 8 p.m. And uh, Gordon's going to be sharing the stories, probably even more depth than what you're hearing now. And also giving you ideas, giving you pointers about how to be a better uh, purveyor of the gospel wherever you might be, right? Absolutely. Look, uh, Pete, we all want to be more effective in how we share 
the good news that Jesus loves all mankind, that, that, that he's willing that none should perish. Well, how do we do that? And, and of course, we want to avoid cliches and stereotypes and someone just dismissing us outright in whole cloth because they, they think we're just so predictable. But Jesus was so, so attuned with what he he's heard and saw the Father doing and so led by the Spirit. You think about every encounter he had was utterly unique and, 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 and extraordinary and transformative. And he calls us to do the same and greater things. I mean, that's, that seems so remarkable to us, but uh, I, I'm going to convey to people what I'm experiencing. I'm, I, I'm not claiming to be an expert in these things, but I'm just experiencing such an abundance of grace and fruitfulness. I want other people, because look, Pete, you can reach people that I can't reach. And there'll be a, a little child or an older person, all kinds. God uses us all because we're all so unique. And the, the commonality of our humanity is one thing, but we're all as unique as any any two snowflakes are unique. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be sharing some of my testimony, which would be an hour in itself. There won't be time to get into all of it. But God picked me up off the bottom of, of a point in my life where I, I felt absolutely hopeless and empty, and I'd, I'd lost my sense of greater purpose and identity in Christ, and and that was the whole problem, Pete. Mm. I was trying to find any identity. I'd try to find outside of who I am, who you are, who any of us are in Christ mm. is going to come up short and cause us to simply compare ourselves to to ourselves or other people, and that's not the point. You you're you're called to something that only there's you know there's only one Pete Lathrop in the world, and you have got to be the best and most fully incarnate expression of Christ in the Pete Lathrop suit that mm. you're given in this world. <laughs> and I've got to be I've got to be the best representation of Gordon Pennington in Christ. And I fail so many times, Pete. I don't know why I would have anything to offer anyone under any circumstance except that. I can see where the grace of God has picked mm-hmm. me up over and over, and is re- and now something different has happened. I, I, you know, we all care about people. I suspected in different measures, but I wouldn't call myself the most compassionate person, or you know, any less self-interested than the next person. But at the same time, something has been overcoming me, Pete, and I, I just know it's available to everyone. Yeah. And it, it led me to, to do things. To, I, I pray more. I, I fast more. I embrace things that I never thought I would embrace with joy and feel so invigorated by it. And Pete, that's what I want to share with yeah. others. Just the, 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 this energized, the, the, Jesus calls it the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Are you are you living, are your listeners, is anybody listening to this feeling like they're living like dynamite, like they have a power that's explosive, transformative, that, that that's so joyous? We're living in a way that is really and truly revolutionary. And I think we're on the precipice, as you said earlier, of a moment where, where the, the breakout of, of revival and awakenings, it's happening. And yeah. it's going to, it's got to happen in our individual lives too. Absolutely. Well, Gordon, what a, what a compelling story. I know that you're probably going to unravel more of that during the, the seminar coming up this Sunday night at the Grand Traverse House of Prayer. And Bring a friend. I mean, uh, I'm sure they're going to have room for you if you want to. And uh, show up at 6 o'clock at the Grand Traverse House of Prayer right there at the corner of South Pete, Airport and Pete, Garfield. Pete, I'm also speaking. I've just been told I'm speaking at a local church oh. 
at okay. 10 a.m. and I'll send you that information. You can put it on your uh, on your Facebook page okay. or however you want. I don't have the, the all the details that are addressed, so okay. I'll, I'll send that. What to you church as well. is it, by the way? I, I oh yeah okay. <laughs> I, I don't want to mispronounce it, so I, I'm not. <laughs> okay, I'm I, not sure, but but it's a it's a gathering of of the ecclesia. Okay, okay. All right. Well, Gordon, well, it's been truly a pleasure uh, talking with you, just kind of picking your brain and, and just having you share your story about how God has moved in your life. And and the real cool thing about it is that uh, you're, 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 you're sharing that story that everybody else can have that experience if we just open our hearts to Jesus even more so than we are now. And so uh, I, I, I've been blessed by what you're, you're testifying of. And, uh, hey, I, I just I pray that uh, God will work through you this coming Sunday uh, and uh, allow others to, to really see beyond the veil, so to speak, of how God can use someone just like you and just like anybody else to be a, an evangelist wherever they go. So, Gordon, thank you for joining me here on the Pete in the Morning Show. Pete, it's really a pleasure, and, and let's be all be reminded that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Amen.